All right. Well, that's a deep subject. It's kind of wet at the bottom. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for this opportunity that I have to be able to, uh, to present your word. Lord, I just pray, pray that you would flow through me, that you would anoint me, Father God, to, to be able to, uh, to minister what you would have me to minister tonight. And Lord, I just pray that you would anoint these awesome people to, to hear what you need them to hear. Lord, I just thank you that, that through what we learn tonight, that you'll help us to have better relationships. Yes. I thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Well, I'm by no means a relationship expert, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I can tell you a lot of what not to do. Uh, Tonight we're going to be talking about making poor relationships rich. And, uh, you know, I, I, of course I grew up in the church. And uh, being, especially being a a PK, uh, I I was put in, preacher's kid, uh, I, I was put in front of people a lot from a very young age. And, uh, and I learned, I learned how to, to, to act around people, and I learned how to, how to build relationships. And I think it, it helped me that my dad <clears throat> put me in front of people from a very young age. And uh, not only that, but uh, he helped me by uh, making me uh, <laughs> read leadership books and leadership ta- listen to leadership tapes and go to leadership conferences and church conferences and church conferences and read books and I'm thankful for it now. I wasn't back then, uh, but it's helped me become a better person and uh, I'm very grateful for it. But let's jump into it. Let's learn how to make better relationships. You know, the, one, of the, one of the most important things, one of the first things, that, or the first thing that we're going to talk about tonight is engage in self-control. In all relationships, it is so important to engage in self-control. Uh, have you ever known somebody that, uh, that they just speak their mind? I mean, they, there's, there's no filter, just whatever go, goes in, whatever little idea pops in their brain, it's just going to come out their mouth. I like to call that word vomit. And a lot of times that's what it is. It's, there's no filter. And, and, you, and if you're that kind of person, many times when you say something, you're trying to take those words back as they're coming out. And it's so important that we engage in self-control with the words that come out of our mouth. <laughs> Uh, makes me think of uh, uh, Jackie Chan and uh, who was that? Chris Chris Rock, yeah. Chris Tucker. He's like, "Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth?" Anyway, <laughs> I thought it was funny, but engaging in self control is so important. It's not always what you say. Sometimes it's so important what you don't say. To, to put a filter 
on your words and think before you speak. The Bible compares our tongue to the, uh, to the rudder of a great ship. And, and if you think about a rudder compared to a ship, it is very small. Uh, uh, the rudder on a boat. I mean, it's, you know, that's a little bit easier for me to, to, to fathom because I've seen a rudder on a boat. and uh, I mean, it's, it's like that big. And it controls the direction. I mean, you know, they're up there with the steering wheel and they just move it and the whole boat goes from one side to the other. And that's what our words are like. The words that come out of your mouth can affect somebody or affect yourself greatly. So it's so important that we engage in self-control in what we say so that we don't have word vomit towards our friends or towards your partner, towards your wife, towards your husband. But you engage in self-control and think about what you're going to say before you say it. Uh, there's a, a saying that says, uh, silence is golden. Uh, the real saying is, uh, speech is silver, uh, but silence is golden. Uh, I prefer the more modern version of, uh, silence is golden, but duct tape is silver. Uh, <laughs> Use some self-control. I want to encourage you in that. Because once those words are spoken, they can never be unspoken. Um, a little boy, was uh, he had a problem with anger. And his dad was trying to teach him self-control. And, uh, and he told his son, he said, okay, here's what I want you to do. Every time you get angry, I want you to go hammer a nail into the fence. And so the first day he got angry, I mean, time after time after time, and he put 15, 20 nails in the fence. And then he started learning, you know, day after day, it's just easier to have some self-control and not get angry and not put so many nails in the fence until finally, you know, it slowly dropped off 20, 15, 10, until one day he didn't put any nails in the fence. And his dad said, okay, now I want you to go pull all those nails out. So he went out there and he removed every nail and there was hundreds of nails. And then he said, now fix the holes. And he's like, I, I can't. And he's like, that's right. You need to use self-control because once you get angry, once you lash out, it can't be undone. And many times we, we lash out and we, we speak or text out of anger. And we don't think before we act. And... Once it's done, it's done. Dan uh, Teppitz went bungee jumping one time. And uh, as he jumped, they 
take the coil of rope and they throw it over the edge. Well, he thought they threw the whole rope over the edge. And he's trying to climb the rope back up as he's falling. And that's what it's like. Once those words are spoken, you can't undo it. It's done. You got to commit. So it's so much easier. Just like the little boy, he learned to not be angry and to use self-control. And that's what we need to do is we need to engage in self-control. The Bible says in Proverbs twenty-five twenty-eight, it says, A man without self-control is a defenseless as a city with broken down walls. Man, I don't want to be like that. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 7, it says, There's a time for everything and a season for every action under heaven. A time to be silent and a time to speak. There was a story I heard about a husband and wife and they had gotten angry at each other. And uh, during the course of their fight, they stopped speaking. And uh, this, this went over the course of a couple of days. And uh, the husband had a, a trip coming up uh, for work, and he had to catch an early morning flight. He needed to be up by 5 a.m. And, uh, of course, his wife got up early and uh, all the time. And uh, it wasn't uncommon for her to wake him up so that he could, you know, catch flights and whatnot. And uh, he uh, wrote a note for her before he went to bed. He said, wake me up at 5 a.m., well, the next morning he, uh, he wakes up and realizes it's late and he's missed his flight. And uh, he started to get angry and he looked over beside his bed and there was a note that said, it's 5 a.m., wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be like that. Don't ever... <laughs> Don't let a fight, don't let a, um, don't let your anger get the best of you and let it go that far. Because not only are you hurting the other person, but you're hurting yourself. The Bible says, uh, Proverbs 17, verse 28, I love this scripture. It says, even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace, when he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. Sometimes it's best to just shut up. Don't say nothing. What did we all learn growing up? If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. And that's, that's some wisdom right there. Sometimes it's best just to shut your mouth and just love. second thing I want to talk about tonight is don't be judgmental. I think many times that we become judgmental and we don't even realize it. Sometimes it's, it's so minor in our relationships. We, we may look at somebody and we're like, oh, who did their hair? Or, I can't believe they came out of the house looking like that. 
I know there was many times when I was younger, I don't, re- I don't understand how my parents let me out of the house and what I was wearing. Uh, <laughs> I used to wear this purple windsuit. <laughs> I was so glad. I, I really hope there are no surviving photographs of that. <laughs> Do you have one? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> if not, we need to talk. There's... I remember one time I was, uh, I was uh, in college, and we used to have to dress up every day. And uh, I'm walking in uh, to, the, to where the classroom was, and as I'm walking in, this, uh, a friend of mine walks up to me, grabs my arm, and says, uh-uh. And he <laughs> marches me right back out. She says, you're not going to wear that. <laughs> I, 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 yes, it was. I loved the vest I was wearing, but obviously it didn't love me. <laughs> so took it off, went, put it in the car, everything was fine. I think that was the last day I wore a vest. <laughs> but don't be judgmental of others. Because we may not always realize what it does in our head. Because it may start out as something small. Oh, look at their hair. But, but it begins to implant something in, in our heart. And it begins to change our heart towards that person. And we begin to look at them through different eyes. And we begin to, to start pushing away from them. Because, yeah, it may have started out as a bad haircut. Because God knows we all have bad hair days. But then it may be like, well, I don't, I don't want to talk to them to the point that you finally don't talk to them anymore and you begin to draw away and draw away when we should never do that towards our brothers and sisters in Christ. Remember a fight that my wife and I had when we were still dating? It was a doozy. Uh, I, I think it was our first big fight. Uh, at least the first one that I remember. Uh, there was a friend of ours who uh, he marched to a beat of his own drum. He was he was an odd fella, and uh, I I was talking to Rachel and I told her that uh, I didn't want to be buddies with him. And uh, what I meant is I I didn't want to be best friends. With him, because I, I I wanted to guard myself with who who I was around, and I, I you know I wanted to guard my heart, and uh, I guess I I did not explain myself properly, uh, because how it came across was I did not want to be friends with him, and uh, therefore I need I was going to push my myself away from him. And uh, that was that became a knockout, dragout fight. Uh, there was a, there's a lot of heated words, some intense fellowship <laughs> that night, uh, to the point of I think we were returning a movie to Blockbuster or something. And when we dropped them, yeah, Blockbuster that, that dates it right there. Uh, to the point of when we dropped the movie off, I said, you drive. And I got out and I walked home. <laughs> and uh, we, since then, of course, uh, 
made up and uh, <laughs> explained, I explained myself better after that as far as what I meant. But I don't know where I was going with that. Judgment. Judgment. Don't be judgmental. And uh, I wasn't being judgmental towards him at all. I wanted, I wanted to, to still reach out. I still wanted to, to love the guy. And I was still there for him. Uh, but I was just guarding my heart as far as I didn't want to be buddy-buddy with him. But we need to, we need to guard ourselves with, with how we think and how we act towards others. That we, that we don't have that heart of judgment towards them. The Bible says in Luke 6, verse 36 and 37, it says, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Uh, We were at a conference this past weekend, and uh, they were telling the story there of the the servant who who owed his master I, I don't remember the the amount, but it was it was a a lifetime sum of money. Uh, 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 in a, the equivalent of today, it would be like a billion dollars. I mean, th- there was no way he could possibly pay him back. And uh, and he went and went to the master, and he's like, I'm I'm at your mercy, you know. Please please forgive me. I I can't pay this. And the master, he said, um, I wiped your debt. Well, the, that. <laughs> That servant was stupid because he turned from there and he went and he judged his fellow servant who owed him 20 bucks. And he said, if you can't pay me, I'm going to have you thrown in prison. And that's what he did. Well, when the master heard about it, the master said, you wicked servant. And he went and had him not only get, you know, piled the debt back on him, but threw him in jail until his debts were paid. And many times when we pass judgment on others, we put ourselves in an, an emotional prison. And we don't even realize the harm that we're doing to ourselves the Bible says in, in Matthew 7, <clears throat> 1 through 5, it says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. With the measure that you used, it will be measured to you. How do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, but pay attention to the, don't pay attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take that speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Don't judge. The Bible says in Matthew seven twelve, and I forgot to put this up there. It says uh, This is in the Amplified. It says, So then... Whatever you desire that others do to you, or would do to you, let me start over. (laughs) So then, whatever you desire that others would do to and for you, 
Even so, do also to and for them. Do unto the others as you would have them do unto you. Don't don't look down on other people. You're no better than they are. We're all children of God. We've all messed up. The Bible says, For all have sinned. And falling short. Everybody except Jacob. <laughs> We've all messed up. I uh, think about my my guys out working many times, and and it's hot. There's many days that I mean it's it's scorching hot out there. I mean it'll be. 100, 110 degrees in the middle of August and and I'm sitting inside in my air conditioning in my office and but I think about yeah I may be doing office work but I'm I'm no better than they are. I, I, there's there's no way I would be where I'm at today if it wasn't for them. And I try and go out of my way to make sure that they understand how much I valued them. Many times I'll run to the convenience store and I'll go pick up a bunch of Gatorades and I'll run to the job site and I'll pass it out because I want them to understand that they are valuable to me, that I appreciate what they do. And I'll tell them, guys, there's no way I could do this without you. Thank you so much for all that you do. And I think about the time that, you know, I I was a janitor. I, I was a janitor for many years. I started out here... Uh, here at the church, and when I when I moved to college in in uh, Tulsa, uh, I used to clean over a hundred toilets a night. And I'm telling you, I got good at it. I can clean a toilet. <laughs> I hate it. I hate cleaning toilets. I don't clean them very often anymore. <laughs> so I, I've cleaned more than my fair share. But I was I'm. I'm I'm no better than anybody else. You know, the guy who makes the least amount of money in my company, I'm, I'm no better than he is. You know, if it wasn't for him, there's no way that I could do what I do. And when you start looking down upon others, something changes in your heart. And that brings me to my third point is we need to practice forgiveness. Because when you start to pass judgment on other people, something happens in your heart and you don't even realize it. Because many times you'll, you'll become bitter towards them. And, and, you, and you'll start to hold unforgiveness. And, and you don't even realize, you may not even know why. You may not even know why you're angry, but you'll look at them and you just have this hate inside your heart. And unforgiveness, it's, it's, it's like a stinking splinter. And if you don't take care of a splinter and you don't get it out, a lot of times it'll, it'll begin to fester and it can become infected. And that's what unforgiveness is like. Unforgiveness, I mean, it may start out, I mean, just a tiny, tiny little speck. I, I was uh, I was grinding on some metal about a year ago, and uh, was not wearing safety glasses. Uh, 
I got a little piece of metal inside my eye. I mean, it was microscopic. But dear God, that was painful. I mean, for days, I'm, my eye would just, uh, just pain. I, I, I had the worst headache I've ever had in my life. And my eye would just burn until finally I went to the doctor. And I wasn't there five minutes. And he just, you know, did this little thing and it was gone. And instantly, I felt relief. And that's what unforgiveness is like in our heart. Is It may be so tiny or may have started out so tiny but left undealt with. It begins to fester like that piece of metal in my eye or like a, a splinter in your finger or God forbid your foot. Man, splinters in your toes hurt. We have wood floors and I, I walk around barefoot all the time and every once in a while I get a splinter and Man, that hurts. But deal with it. Don't hold unforgiveness. Don't, don't, don't start being judgmental towards others. Forgive them. Whether or not they ever did anything wrong to you, the, the fault lies inside you. And you need to forgive. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 21... Peter came to Jesus and he said, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Now, Peter thought here that he was, you know, saying a lot. He's like, up to seven times? <laughs> Jesus said, no, up to 70 times seven. I mean, that's a lot. I can't remember what the what uh, we we'd heard it this weekend. It was like every three every three minutes you would have to forgive somebody in a day, something like that. If if it was seventy times seven, it's like every three minutes you'd have to forgive them. That means your brother would have to wrong you consistently all day long, and you by Jesus saying, "Well, forgive them. I don't care what he did, how he did it. It doesn't matter. Forgive." Just forgive. There's, there's no stipulations there. There's no, you know, if this happens or if that happens. or He says forgive. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4, 31 and 32, Paul's telling us, he says, uh, Get rid of all the bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Forgiveness is so key in any relationship. There was a story I heard about a, a, a woman and her uh, 16-year-old son got murdered. Well, they caught the guy and they threw him in prison. Well, she began to visit him in prison. Well, by the time that he was released from prison, she had completely and utterly forgiven him. And she took him as her own son. And she completely 
forgave him. And he ended up moving next door. They became neighbors. How hard would it be to forgive somebody like that? I'm telling you, that would be hard. But Jesus says, forgive. And she did. And a beautiful relationship came out of it. She was able to help him turn his life around and became a mother to him. Probably the mother that he never had. And that's what we need to do is we need to we need to show forgiveness. You know, I, I, I think about all the crimes that happen in the world. And there's some, some horrible things that happen. But if we would boil it down to one thing, one thing would solve all these crimes. To love your neighbor as God loves us. Because if you love your neighbor... You're not going to pass judgment. If you love your neighbor, you're going to have self-control. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to murder. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to want to harm them. You're going to want to help them. And we need to show love to others as Christ showed love to us. And if you do that in your everyday life, then it's amazing how much your relationships will grow and flourish. I had to practice this very thing today. And I got angry at my wife about something and I texted some angry things to her this morning. And I had to go back and I had to apologize and ask her to forgive me. Because I was wrong. Because I didn't have self-control. I began to pass judgment on her. And it began to damage our relationship. But then I got to thinking about how much I love her and how much I care about her and how awesome she is. And I said, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. And whether or not the other person ever comes back to you, and says, I'm sorry, that doesn't matter. I remember a time when I was having a problem between two workers, and uh, they, they were just constantly at each other's throats, just, just fighting and bickering. And, and uh, one of them, he came to me, he's like, what do I do? And I said, go apologize. Well, I didn't do anything. I said, just go apologize. Just apologize anyway. Because you may not have intentionally done anything, He may have thought you did something, but you'll begin to change the relationship if you go before him and you say, hey, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I never meant to, you know, I don't know exactly what I may have done, but I'm I'm sorry. And I, I watched that relationship between them change simply because he was humble enough to go before the other worker and say, hey, I'm sorry. So let's practice that in our lives. I know I practice it all the time. 
where I have to eat crow and say I'm sorry. But I want to see y'all take poor relationships and make them grow into rich, wonderful relationships. And if you practice those three things, it's amazing how much better your friendships will be, your marital relationships, all of your relationships would be self-control. My mind went blank. (laughs) Don't be judgmental and to forgive. Thank you. But let's forgive, guys. It's so key. My time's up. You know, God forgave us. And I never want to let a service go by. And if you're here, if you